This is Dan Fagella, and you're listening to AI in Industry. This is the final episode of our series on the ROI of AI. Our entire September series has been based on this common theme. Last week, you heard Microsoft's GM of AI, David Carmona, talk about his framework for near-term and long-term ROI for artificial intelligence. And in this last episode, which is the analyst episode, it's going to be my job to summarize how the themes brought up in this series of interviews uh, with experts from Fractal Analytics to Microsoft and more, how some of their best practices, their best ideas overlap with some of the ideas that we see in our own research here at Emerge. Obviously, we're involved in vastly more interviews than go live on this show, vastly more research uh, than we publish on this AI and industry podcast. So where does our research overlap with some of the cool themes that came up in this month's series? And because my goal is to keep this short, in fact, I'd like this episode to be under 15 minutes, I want to tie on to one theme that I think is most important. David did a great job of addressing it. Sankar, our first interviewee in this series, also did a good job of addressing it, which is connecting the dots between near-term ROI and long-term ROI. I really want to double down and put an emphasis on this. The fact of the matter is a lot of projects in the artificial intelligence world, a lot of projects in the enterprise that involve AI, run out of steam. This is in part because return on investment is hard to get to. It's harder than with an IT solution that we simply plug in. There's all that iteration around data infrastructure and cleaning the data and changing our team structure and thinking about AI strategy. A lot of it is very challenging. And the fact of the matter is, when we see companies who have a bit of a North Star, that is to say a genuine AI strategy. Sometimes these are firms that work with us to build it. Sometimes these are firms that have developed an AI strategy over the last few years. Firms that have a strategy who know where they want to be with their data, what kinds of capabilities they ultimately want to unlock in the long term. These are firms that can often do a better job of stomaching the near-term expense, the near-term pain of data cleaning, of data infrastructure refinement, of overhauling their teams and learning a lot of hard lessons. They can endure that because they're not just looking for next quarter's return on AI. They're looking to reach a more long-term position of advantage where they can win in the market. And actually going through this sort of process of thinking about artificial intelligence initiatives in the near term and in the long term is something that we're forced to do in a lot of our work. Our AI business strategy work is one part of that. But one of the exercises I like a lot comes from our AI product development roadmap process. And this is one of our many services. If you go to emerge.com slash services. You'll get a sense of some of what we do in terms of the range of research and advisory services that we bring for companies. But AI product development roadmap is essentially a process for thinking through how companies can overhaul their core products to build customer loyalty, to ultimately win market share and profitability in the long term. Essentially to be on the right side of AI disruption. How do we make our products leverage AI in a way where we aren't overtaken by the startup ecosystem, we aren't overtaken by our competitors, but we can be the ones who win as AI starts to overhaul our sector. So that's the AI product development roadmap. The way that we think about long-term and near-term AI benefits uh, in the product development roadmap process is actually drawn from many, many years of interviews and also looking at the companies who've done a good job of building AI products that resonate with a market versus companies who have to pivot and pivot and pivot every six months because they're making uneducated decisions about where AI can actually layer value onto their company and onto their customers ultimately as they pass it along. So I'd like to walk through some of sort of the best 
questions that we ask clients during that process. If you're thinking about AI ROI and you want to be able to stomach that near-term hit, that near-term grind of overhauling data infrastructure, the grind of hiring, the grind of thinking through strategy, ultimately it's going to have to involve having a longer-term vista, a longer-term horizon to be able to work towards. So let's talk about how to arrive at that. Some simple brainstorms you could even do on the back of an envelope or at a quarterly meeting uh, to sort of get to a better place uh, in terms of thinking about ROI in the longer term. So here we go. When it comes to long-term sort of AI benefit, questions we might ask ourselves could begin with, where is our sector ultimately going and who will ultimately win when it comes to AI disruption? Another question that you could follow this up with is, how will AI capabilities enable the ultimate market winners in our sector? Who will really be the big winners 10 years from now, five years from now, versus who will be the losers? And the answer to this question is often a combination of factors. It's sometimes a combination of your own intuition. It's a combination of some of the best ideas of the best thought leaders within your sector or your space. And it's often a firm understanding of current AI trends. And so if you're in, let's say, e-commerce, you might have all sorts of hypotheses around how recommendations and customization are ultimately going to be critical for who wins in the marketplace. You might have all kinds of ideas about what channels and what mediums of marketing messages are ultimately going to win in the marketplace. You may have all kinds of ideas about how operational efficiencies and becoming lean and efficient ultimately are going to be what enables people to win in the marketplace. If you can paint a compelling vision about how AI plays into those ultimate winning tenets, uh, and if you can validate that based on what's working in the market, what maybe some of the thought leaders in your space are thinking, it might give you a decent north star for where you ultimately would want to see AI play a role in your company. If you think through this lens, you can ask, okay, well, if that was the case, what kinds of data would I want to start to collect? What kinds of processes should I already be streamlining? What sorts of business functions should I already be putting more of an emphasis on than others? And this might, again, allow us to stomach near-term AI spend, the near-term AI grind, all that much better. Other questions we can ask in the long term might be something along the following lines. What aspects of our product or solution, whether it's price, features, quality, the experience of the customer, the value to the customer, would make it so that customers wouldn't want to buy from anyone else? Another question you could ask to follow up with this is, what data will allow us to deliver that better product? So think about what is an ultimate moat? What is an ultimate competitive advantage? I'll give you an example from Amazon. Amazon is pretty aware of two ultimate competitive advantages. One is having a selection that trumps and supersedes anybody else in the world. Anything you want from toilet paper to AA batteries to uh, a book or a DVD or you know, a new pair of jeans you can find on Amazon. So having the ultimate catalog of products is something that they've decided they want to get good at. And being able to onboard new vendors to sell through Amazon, being able to have those products show up in recommendations so that people sort of get to see all those new products as soon as they're available in the hopper. Uh, these are things that Amazon's very good at and that they leverage AI to sort of help out with. Another thing that Amazon's very good at is delivery. Amazon is hyper-optimized in terms of getting products to your door sooner. Uh, and artificial intelligence, if you do any homework on Amazon's logistics efforts, AI plays a big role in how things are stocked and shelved, how things are shipped and sent, 
Um, this is a, a complicated process, one that involves uh, a lot of understanding of logistics, a lot of warehouses around the world, but also leveraging artificial intelligence. And a third one, of course, is recommendations. Amazon knows that if as soon as you're on their site, you're, you know you're going to get it faster than anyone else. You know you're going to get more selection than anyone else, but you're also going to see only the things that appeal to you. You're going to see products that are really a fit for your needs, products that are great recommendations. You might just want to purchase on a whim or that are great related purchases to what you're shopping for. These are strategic advantages, and Amazon is leveraging AI for those. Now, the question is, what are you leveraging AI for? So what would be that ultimate moat for your product? Uh, I know for me personally, I hardly shop anywhere other than Amazon. For you, what would be the ultimate moat in your business? What would make it so that people would not shop elsewhere? Again, think about price. Think about features. Think about quality, experience, value. And then ask yourselves, what data would I have to collect? For Amazon, they have to pick up on all sorts of data points about their historical successful and failed delivery efforts uh, in order to improve their logistics constantly. All of their inventory they have to be tracking constantly, and they have to have more of this inventory than anyone else so they can constantly refine it. Um, similarly, in terms of recommendations, they have to be able to test different product combinations, different product recommendations, different kinds of algorithms for recommendation in front of all kinds of customers and be able to find feedback, find patterns, find ways to improve their recommendation algorithms all the time, constantly, constantly, looking at long-term customer lifetime value, looking at cart value of different customers, and being able to find ways to measure that so that they can constantly improve their recommendation data. At a certain critical threshold, you wouldn't want to shop anywhere else. I know I certainly don't when it comes to online shopping. Basically, every Christmas, I know I'm going to be spending hundreds of dollars at Amazon and essentially nowhere else uh, because it's just so darn easy to go there. What would it take for customers to really not want to shop anywhere else? Whether you're selling B2B, whether you're selling B2C, what would be that indomitable moat around your business and how can you use AI to get there? The reason I ask you to go through these mental exercises is because these are mental exercises that the best AI companies work on for themselves. They are thinking about for themselves. They are building for that future. Yes, they are considering near-term ROI. Yes, they are considering where could AI drive value you know, within this year, hypothetically, not just 10 years from now. They're not just thinking about the future. But when they can think about the future, when they can think about that ultimate position of being able to dominate the market, being able to win market share, win customer loyalty, they're able to endure more of the near-term struggles of dealing with AI and building an AI product than not. And that's where a lot of companies fall flat, is that they're looking for that near-term ROI, they're looking for that near-term win, and the leadership of the companies aren't able to draw that line, connect that dot to a longer-term victory for the company as a whole, to a longer-term vision for the company as a whole. And literally without that vision, AI products are more or less doomed. I thought David Carmona did a great job of addressing it in this series. We've done so many interviews and assessed so many companies, and this really is a critical thread that you do not want to miss out on. And again, for folks who are interested in sort of how we do this sort of work for AI products, obviously we have our AI business strategy service, which you can also learn about at our services page. But the particular questions that we laid out here are actually from our AI product development roadmap. You can go to emerge.com, that's E-M-E-R-J.com slash services. And you can learn more about our services for AI vendors and for established enterprises and SMBs who are looking to leverage artificial intelligence. So if you're looking to learn more about those, you can go to our services page. 
So that's it for this month with the focus on the ROI of AI. I just wanted to connect the dots between some of the great themes we talked about this month with our guests and some of the lessons that we've learned from assessing hundreds and hundreds of AI companies and AI products across sectors. Next month, we're switching up the theme. The entire month of October is going to be based on the theme of advancing your career in the age of AI. And no, I'm not talking about learning how to code. The entire next month is focused on everything other than code. Essentially, how can functional business leaders, how can people with essentially no technical ability, maybe with no statistics background, coding background, mathematics background at all, how can those folks take advantage of this era of AI disruption and advance their career, have more exciting jobs, more rewarding jobs, higher paying jobs, jobs with more responsibility? How can we move forward in terms of career advancement without technical skills in the age of AI? And our first guest in this series is Wijay Wijay Kuraman, who is the chief architect of machine learning and AI at IBM, uh, one of many chief architects of, of machine learning at, at IBM, but Wijay works out of their Australia office. And he speaks with us about his experience in moving up and advancing in the age of AI in terms of his own career and what he's seen in terms of other folks who have no technical background whatsoever. I thought it'd be great to get a perspective of someone who works in such a large business with so many varied AI roles. Wejay really brings a lot of insight to this topic. So the entire month of October, again, is about advancing your career in the age of AI. Do not miss it. Make sure that you're here for next Tuesday. I look forward to catching you on the next episode of AI in Industry. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of AI and Industry. This is your host, Dan Fagella. I hope that we catch you next week. Many of our executive listeners often get great ideas from our podcasts or our newsletters, but they end up coming to us for more help. So they might see some research project that we did with the World Bank, and they might want to do some of their own research on deeper market opportunities for AI in a specific sector or understanding the growth rates of AI in a certain domain. Uh, they might have seen some AI business strategy work that we've done with a pharmaceutical company and maybe ask about things along those lines or see one of the presentations that we've given at the United Nations and ask if we can speak at an event. Uh, and while we certainly do these things, uh, we're certainly involved with clients on pretty big projects on a regular basis, a lot of the time these messages will just end up in my personal inbox. People will find my email or they'll just find me on LinkedIn and send along a message. And this ends up being actually pretty tough to juggle at this point, given the travel schedule and given all the, the client projects that we're involved in. And few people actually know, particularly people who only listen to the podcast and, and aren't on Emerge.com or on the newsletter, uh, don't know that we actually have a services page that lists what we can help with. So we are not the best at everything, but in terms of what we do, which is mapping the capability space of AI and conveying that to executives in ways that help them win in the market, specific services tailored to that can be be found at emerj.com slash services. So here at Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research, we work with government departments, we work with public companies, uh, we work with organizations who are serious about making AI a competitive advantage. And again, we actually do list sort of the programs that we have. So many of the podcast listeners don't know this. These messages end up in my inbox and then I'm you know, traveling for two weeks and I feel really bad that I get back to people later, but you can reach us through that services page or simply send along an email at services at 
emerj.com, services at emerj.com. From there, Dylan or Marcus or one of our team members will be able to get back to you much more quickly uh, than I would via LinkedIn. So if you're interested in doing more with what you've learned here, if you have serious business initiatives related to artificial intelligence and you want to take your organization to the next level, just simply reach us at emerge.com slash services. That's emerj.com slash services. Or just email services at emerge.com. That's emerge with a J. So thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Next week, again, we're going to be diving into AI use cases and trends and conveying the transferable lessons that you can bring to your organization. And I look forward to having you here next week.